an enemy trying to remove the Emperor, a call to arms from every family, and the one girl who can save all of China? All of this can only mean one thing, we're comparing Mulan on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. For our Mulan episode, you may notice we're wearing different clothes, but we had to come back and address a few things about the new Mulan movie. Just out of sensitivity for you know people that are engaging with this film, we wanted to mention that this remake has had some controversy, and by some I mean a decent amount. There's a few of them out there, so let's just kind of take some of the main ones. A lot of the film was filmed in the Xinjiang region of China which has its own controversy. Uh, there's a group of, uh, like an ethnic group of people called the, the Uyghurs in China. It's a Muslim population there that are currently going through some, you know, real issues when it comes to human rights in that country. China has not been, uh, from my research, very fair to that group of people, to put it mildly. And we wanted to address the fact that, you know, Disney choosing to film here is sort of a tacit, for lack of a better word, endorsement for this behavior, so that's definitely something that we wanted to address. Um, we don't necessarily factor in this controversy with our, you know, with our review of the the movie, but we want you to be aware of it so that you can make your own decision about whether or not you want to support this. Uh, some other issues we wanted to bring up is lead actress has been under a little bit of heat for her uh, sort of pro Hong Kong stance in the sense of pro <laughs> China, uh, the main government um, and their treatment of people in Hong Kong, which is an active controversy. So that's two active controversies <laughs> in one film. And uh, the third, just to put a nice cherry on the top, one of the main ones is that the director of the film is not uh, any sort of Asian or Chinese um, background. It's a woman from New Zealand, Nikki Carl. Um, for some people, that is a shortcoming for this film as well. The fact that, you know, the director doesn't quite meet the criteria for, you know, some of the inclusiveness that they wanted with the film. So I'll say that the film does a decent job of representation relative to what we typically get in Hollywood, but these are just three things that I think we would be remiss not to mention. So just wanted to bring it up. You know, if you choose to support or enjoy the film, you know, feel free, but we just wanted you to know that. Yeah, I really don't have much to add. Pretty much what we said when we did the Red Dragon episode, like to separate the artist from the work so like the lead actress thing don't want to damn a whole movie just because of her opinions because a lot of people worked on this although you know <laughs> that disney thing about filming in that region now it's like <laughs> it's even like yeah. even more shady but you know. yeah you, you even get like at the end of the movie in the credits they have to uh, they have basically like a thank you to the chinese state government for yeah. being super cool i think that that's par for the course if you're doing business in china and Obviously, when you're making a film like this, that is part of the goal. So I understand some of the pressure to do so. But to that same extent, you know, knowing what we know about sort of the human rights violations that are happening, I don't know if it was their best choice. But, you know, uh, you, you be the judge. Yeah. That being said, back into our review. I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. Remake. <laughs> 
This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are Mulan, the original Mulan, released in 1998, starring Ming-Na Wen, Eddie Murphy, B.D. Wong, Miguel Ferrer, June Foray, James Hong, Pat Morita, and George Takei. Directed by Barry Cook and Tony Bancroft. Screenplay by Rita Xiao, Philip Lezebnik, Chris Sanders, Eugenia Bostwick-Singer, and Raymond Singer. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Mulan 2020, starring Liu Yifei, Donnie Yen, Zima, Jason Scott Lee, Yosun An, Ron Yuan, Gong Li, and Jet Li. Directed by Nikki Caro. Screenplay by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Lauren, Lauren Hynek, and Elizabeth Martin. Music by Harry Gregson Williams. We've seen him before in our Total Recall episode, Reggie. I don't know if you remember that name, but video game people know it because he did the music for the Metal Gear series. Okay, both of these films are based on the Chinese poem, The Ballad of Mulan. Obviously, the remake is takes a lot of heavy influence from the original. All right, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? I feel like I know your first experience with the remake. <laughs> yeah, first experience with the original film, uh, 1998. That makes me uh, 10 years old in that year, so I guarantee I saw it, whether it was in a theater or at some summer camp, school, somewhere. Uh, Mulan was a big, big deal. Uh, McDonald's Happy Meals will let you know that as well. Um, they also even had that uh, that special, like, sauce that was a big deal in like rick and morty remember yeah the, the <laughs> i don't remember that from when i was a sauce. kid but rick and morty made a big deal about it so sure <laughs> yeah so you know familiar with that and then this remake of course i mean it just came out we uh we're early adopters yes we uh laid down 30 dollars hard cash to watch this bad boy <laughs> yes we did <laughs> i actually did not see the original mulan when it came out i only saw it kind of maybe recently i was more i wasn't too familiar with it i was sort of familiar with her because she was in one of the kingdom hearts games so i kind of knew something with fireworks sometimes and i knew kind of eddie murphy did a voice but i hadn't seen it until i don't know sometime in the 2010s mm-hmm. uh and then watched rewatched it for this podcast and of course like you just watched the remake yesterday actually <laughs> so pretty fresh off the remake all right, well, these films are very similar. There's some name changes, so my synopsis isn't as clean as I'd like, but they still pretty much follow the same story. So before our, compar- before our comparison, here is a brief synopsis. China is under attack by a powerful invading army. In an effort to fight back, the emperor decrees an imperial army should be made, one that requires one man from every family. Meanwhile, we are introduced to Mulan. She's not like other girls. She's not interested in preparing to be a wife, but craves adventure and excitement, usually reserved for men. She also has no males in her family except her disabled father. After failing to impress a matchmaker, the order of the emperor reaches Mulan's village. Mulan's father, being the only male in his family, has to volunteer, against Mulan and her family's wishes. Mulan then takes matters into her own hands and will go in her father's place pretending to be a man. With her father's sword, armor, and horse, she leaves her family in the middle of the night. When her family realizes that Mulan has left, they decide they have to let her go. If they out Mulan, she will most likely be executed. All they can do is pray to their ancestors to guide her. When Mulan arrives at camp, she immediately butts heads with the other recruits. She also goes through some extreme lengths to make sure that her identity stays hidden. 
Mulan overcomes adversity, not only winning favor of her fellow soldiers, but proves to be one of the best warriors. See, she even has a strong connection with one particular man in camp. Finally, day has come when they have to fight the enemy. Mulan's garrison come across a battle site where allies have been slaughtered by the enemy. Eventually, they do fight the enemy, though. They are outmatched, and the enemy gets the upper hand. With some creativity from Mulan, she is able to cause an avalanche and turn the tide of battle. And even though this is a victory, Mulan reveals her true identity to everyone. Instead of execution, she is exiled from the garrison. It is later revealed the enemy plans to go straight for the Emperor. Mulan goes for to her former troops and begs them for help. They yield, and Mulan leads them to save the Emperor. After lots of fighting, Mulan comes face to face with the leader of the enemy troops. She is ultimately able to defeat him and save the Emperor. She is rewarded for her efforts and invited a high-ranking position. Mulan also shares a moment with a potential love interest from her garrison. Mulan eventually returns home. Her family is happy to see her, especially her father, since she has brought not shame, but honor. Her ancestors can look upon her proudly. The end. Okay, so a lot of what happens in both films is pretty much the same. I guess the first place we can start is just we have ones in animation. One's live action. We've kind of done this before with our 101 Dalmatians episode, but maybe we can just go into, I guess, the strength of being an animated film and the strength of being a live action film. Yeah, because it's 2020, I think the gap between sort of animation and live action is actually lessened. Like if you think of different things like Game of Thrones, for instance, uh, you can do some pretty sort of fantastical things in live action that you really weren't able to do before, like the CGI used to look bad and stuff like that. Uh, animation, you know, you have just a general freedom to really do whatever you want visually. And I'll say this, that uh, from the perspective of the original film, I do like a lot of the choices that they made with the animation in terms of just kind of like a cohesive vision and, uh, you know, maintaining clarity throughout the film. But I think this remake also has some very strong points when it comes to animation. Um, without jumping too early into this, I'd say what they do with the uh, sort of the, the guardian spirit, as it were, I think uh, was done well in this remake in a way I wasn't ex expecting. Uh, it was just, there was less emphasis on it, but the visual still was, uh, I found it to be striking. Uh, mm -hmm. What was your take on, on that? I guess sort of building on that, you know, when you think of animation, you immediately think like more of a child kids-friendly kind of a movie and then the live action maybe a little more a little more adult and that's kind of what we have here um the animated version definitely speaks more to children um yeah to your point the guardian spirit you know having to talk to her that, that makes sense in a child's animated film wouldn't exactly work in a live action film so they did make those decisions to not go that route for the live action film we use this word a lot it's more, just more gritty <laughs> I mean, these are essentially movies about war, and we, it's, there's definitely a different way that you deal with it when you deal with it in animation versus live action. You can get away with certain things in animation that you can't do if you do live action, and I think overall that they made some pretty good choices in the live action film to, you know, broach this serious subject matter of war, because it can't be really too kid-friendly, right. <laughs> you know, too much hand-holding with, like, nice songs and animals that talk it does have to be a little more in the real world even though it's not entirely in the real world sure yeah i found uh, like your point about thematically 
if you watch that original film, which is called, it's an animated comedy, more or less. Yeah. You know, there's obviously there's more sort of like you mentioned mature subject matter when it comes to war, but uh, they really do handle it with kid gloves throughout the film. And I think that part of uh, what the movie needs to do, because it is designed for that sort of traditional Disney crowd, Mulan falls in the category slightly, I guess, as Disney princess, not exactly, but, you know, in, in that realm. So there's a clear goal to have a constant barrage of jokes. So whether it's, you know, your grandmother crossing the street with a cricket, that's a joke. When you're, you know, preparing for war, that's a joke. When You know, um, there's just this constant need to kind of hit um, different jokes. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit with casting. Whereas in the remake, I, you know, I, I think I recall a few sort of, you know, lighthearted moments. But to your point, overall, this is sort of the... Uh, the gritty, I would say not too gritty, but the gritty reboot to uh, Mulan. And they just handle the subject matter, I think, a little bit more, like you mentioned, mature. And they're not handheld to have to try to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, they really just have to tell you the story. And uh, I think, to your point as well, for the most part, I think they handle that fairly well. Yeah. And not only does the animated film, like, have more humor, but it has, like, more slapstick humor. And you definitely couldn't get away with that doing a live action film. So good decision to kind of stay away from that kind of comedy and then just keep it a little more subtle, just like when the soldiers are hanging out, just kind of kind of joshing each other. And so, yeah. you know, doing stuff like that, that, that makes sense. So I think the world that they built in the remake is, you know, it's a little more mature and it, it just overall it works and if you translated it like one-to-one, -one, like a lot of these Disney remakes are, just one-to-one -one translations, um, it definitely wouldn't work. And the decision to kind of, let's hold, let's cut back on some of that humor, just, let's just make it a little more, a little more like a, a typical sort of war film, right? Let's not make it full of joke after joke. Even in their jokes, because as you were saying, I was thinking of one, even in some of their jokes, there's still some of the tension that leads back into the story. Like, for instance, there's kind of like this running joke of, uh, Someone kind of like leaning over in the bed and, you know, mm. she's got to cover up and stuff like that. And like, that's both a terrifying moment and funny. And like they they somehow find a way to find that that tone of like reminding you that there is tension here, that, uh, that you know, there is danger for this lead character. But they don't I don't think that they overdo it. Like, I, I never yeah. felt like, oh, my God, like, I, I yeah. got to go get a glass of water like you know yeah i wasn't too worried that mulan would get found out like when those moments would happen you know i didn't feel like oh man this is really messing with her psyche like this whole thing that i'm pretending to be a man they're gonna find out i'm a woman you know they definitely yeah. are able to walk that line pretty well in the remake yeah you know watching it with uh with my wife there was uh some moments in that she was like oh geez, they're gonna figure it <laughs> figure it out so like the tension was ramped up because we definitely didn't have a moment like that in in <laughs> you know, the kid 98 version. Mm -hmm. So overall, um, to your sort of, I guess, ultimate point though, the original film animated kid friendly, you know, the Szechuan sauce, uh, at McDonald's, you know, you hit your marketing and, uh, your jokes. I think they nailed it. And then this remake for what they had to do. And to your point, I'm very glad they didn't do a one-to-one -one because that would have been mm -hmm. very boring. And I think that, you know, by switching things up, and we'll talk about this, even like the names of certain characters. Uh, I'm particularly talking about the villains. Uh, it, it builds intrigue because you're like, wait a minute. Well, they were this in the first movie. Why? Mm -hmm. What's happening in this movie? Right. And 
there's enough of those sort of question marks that kept me engaged throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot more jokey, more kid-friendly. Another thing, a big exclusion in the live-action remake is the musical numbers. Again, just the live-action remake going with that more serious, like what a war movie would actually... What would actually happen in a war movie, I should say. It makes sense to... Yeah, they're not going to be training in camp, you know, to kill other men and while they're doing it, sing fun little songs about being a man. So I was fine with uh, getting rid of those songs. You do hear a little bit of one of the songs from the original in the score, and you definitely hear it over the credits at the end. But I think overall, if we're going to make this war movie and sort of, well, it's definitely more realistic than it was in the cartoon, you know, getting rid of the musical numbers definitely helps sell that sort of realistic take that they are going for. Yeah, it, it's much more steeped in realism. They they are able to tell different stories without having to rely on on a musical. That's mm-hmm. one of the strengths of a musical is you can kind of just, you know, <laughs> I don't feel like writing this scene. So <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy? It's a guy who's coming to the village. You know, you can do mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they, uh, they find interesting ways to translate those musical numbers into just more uh, a word that kind of keeps coming out to me, even with the battles or like set pieces, like everything feels more grounded and they find ways to hit those notes, but you know, do it in a realistic way. And overall, like I was saying, I think they, I think they land that mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing else to add there. I think I'm fine with moving on to our characters. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Since so much of these movies are the same, I think when we talk about the characters, that'll really help our comparison here. So let's start with our main character, of course, Mulan. And you were talking about name changes before. We got a name change right here. So in the original, she's Fa Mulan, and that's portrayed by Ming-Na Wen. And then in the remake, she's Hua Mulan, portrayed by Liu Yifei. And also, just another little change, when she pretends to be a man in the original, her name is Ping. When she pretends to be a man in the remake, her name is Hua Jun. All right, so we definitely have different portrayals here for our Moonlight character. I'm not sure where you want to start. I guess let's uh let's kind of start with um with one of the major changes in the film. The Force. I mean, she. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. So I'll say this. Uh, Hua Mulan is again. Uh, I think in the remake more sort of true to the original poem like it's actually the name of this character whether whether it's a real person or kind of like a folklore type character um mm-hmm. that's the actual name and we get introduced to her early in this remake film as a, as a literal child uh which we don't see in the original film um and you know you have her father who will talk about doing the voiceover you know comparing it to like a uh, grass shooter or something like that it's a metaphor people um <laughs> And she's like practicing battle. Like she's got like a staff and she's doing like different moves. And to your point as well, he brings up her chi, her ki, uh, whatever, you know, you want to call it. And again, it's introducing an element of the film that is a major departure from the original as well, but also sort of steeped in a, in a true cultural reference. Like chi is a, a thing in China, you know, and again, we can talk about different levels of it i think they went a little bit more magical as you mentioned in this film but i I like the idea of them sort of getting that element done in this scene because it prepares us for later on when we see some of the more 
magical elements. Like, mm-hmm. right here, we told you, she's got chi. <laughs> if you see chi, there's no questions, because here it is. <laughs> uh, did you did you think that that was a smart choice, uh, making her the young Mulan? Yeah, definitely introducing that chi early, because I wasn't sure how realistic they were going to go with the remake. And, you know, you see her as the little girl in the fields, you know, swinging her staff around. So, okay, that's pretty impressive. But later, in when she's in the village chasing that chicken, and then she kind of saves herself from falling, and then through this crazy acrobatic stunt where she, like, inserts the staff into, like, part of the wall and, like, just, like, safely lands on the ground. So then you're like, okay, <laughs> I think I know where this movie is when it comes to, like, what's real and what's possible. Mm-hmm. So it does help to set the tone, just seeing her do that in um, non not so life-threatening situation as like a battle, you know, just see her kind of doing it in like every day. And then you could see how not only is it like, um, not only does it exist in this world, but if a girl does it, (laughs) it's sort of frowned upon. So we're introduced to a couple different elements by introducing us to a young Mulan. So I thought that was a pretty good choice. Yeah. And to your point, uh, that's suppression, and that's a theme throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Like Mulan, isn't able to truly realize her uh, her strength or her power because she, because of like you mentioned societal constraints, she she has to hide the fact that her she is so strong. You know, mm-hmm. if she was like you mentioned, if she was just a man. Great, you're one of the yeah. greatest warriors in the village. Awesome, you bring a lot of honor to your family. <laughs> Thanks for her. It's like oh people find out that you're this strong you might be labeled a witch mm-hmm. and um the movie smartly gives us an example uh later on that we'll talk about of how that can you know go for someone in society mm-hmm. so more or less you know you still hidden a lot of these same notes which is mulan shouldn't be i guess who she really is because it's going to create tension in her life it's going to cause her to be ostracized and possibly bring shame to her family mm-hmm. so she has to really dial it back in Versus in the original film, I don't know, you don't get this, as, at least early on, you don't really get this warrior vibe. I get no. more of a, she's intelligent, like she uses her intellect to basically make her chores easier. <laughs> uh, she's willing to kind of cheat on her, like how to be a girl test <laughs> with the matchmaker. And it's, it's a little bit more sort of lighthearted, and I think they portray her not as magical, but as an intellect. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, feels like her greatest strength. No, she's able to fight. I don't think her physical prowess is really, I don't think it's really highlighted as sort of like why she's able to uh, beat out the men. It seems that she's able to sort of outsmart them Mm -hmm. is her greatest strength. Yeah. Yeah, that's one major contrast between two Mulans. The one in the original, definitely more just like more of a tactician, a little more savvy, just able to think on her feet really fast. And then the remake, you're like, well, this one can kick ass. (laughs) You see her doing that stuff as a little kid? Just wait till she gets older. She's going to fight. This one's not going to just, you know, shoot some fireworks into the the snow and make an avalanche. This one's going to go out there and kick some ass. So uh, I was ready for that. I was like, okay, (laughs) bring it on. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm just, I might. I'm just going to mention this right now. I'm a huge fan of the Dynasty Warriors series. I don't know if you've ever played this, Reggie. This is a... yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh okay great one of my favorite series takes place in ancient china a little bit a few hundred years before the events of mulan take place but i dig that whole like huge chinese armies just going at it yeah. with each other so 
I, I love the whole like ancient China wars and battles and stuff. So I, I was really yeah. excited to see that we were going to get a much more physical Mulan in this live action remake. Yeah. And you, you make a good point with uh, the Dynasty Warriors series, which does something really similar. It'll take like historical figures and stuff mm-hmm. like that, real battles. Um, and then just say, let's add a little bit of magic. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like in that series, like you could have one guy on like horseback and he takes out a thousand people, yep. you know, but like, uh, you know, in, in some regards, it is based off of like real figures. And I, I would say that going back to one of the words I used earlier, like folklore, like this Mulan character, there's not controversy is the right word, but like there's an open question of like, does this person really exist or is she like, you know, is she like uh, Paul Bunyan almost, you know, it's it's a it's a folklore type of character. And I, I agree with you that I like that this film leans into the more sort of legendary fantastical elements of the story i think that by introducing the element early in her childhood it allows us to then accept more magic as it comes along i think it's a really clean way to make the introduction in this film the original it's a clean intro you know it gets one of the sort of the highlight songs of the film uh you'll bring honor to us all in which you know that's where we learn sort of what society expects from her You've got to be sort of demure, dainty, you know, like seen but not heard. All these different mm-hmm. sort of elements that are kind of talked about in in the uh, remake. They're just kind of thrown into a, a nice, clean song. Um, <laughs> brings us right into the matchmaker and uh, no problems here. Understand what's going on because we just sang it to you. And if you're not following, listen to the song again. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead here, mm-hmm. but another major difference between the two films is sort of when Mulan's exposed Mm. in the original film she's injured during the battle and then when the doctor or the medic is taking care of her then it's revealed sort of against her wishes that oh this is really a woman Mm. but the remake you had mentioned this earlier in order to really unleash the full potential for chi she needs to be more true to who she really is there's three sort of codes of honor that they talk about a lot in the movie. It's yeah. loyal, brave, and true. And she has loyal down, she has brave down, but she's obviously not being true since she's pretending to be a man. So there comes a battle, and then she ultimately has to just get rid of the lie, the disguise, and she has to sort of come out as Mulan. I thought that was a fantastic idea. Like, it's not just going to be an accident. She's going to make this conscious decision to be like, okay, I have, this, I have to do this. I can't hide anymore. I can't keep this lie up or else i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna make it because i can't fight with this you know this internal battle of like who am i really it it poisons her chi to lie you know Mm -hmm. not living her truth she's not able to fully realize herself and it's a much stronger message to your point like uh being kind of accidentally revealed takes the agency a word we we like to use a lot out of her hands and just makes it more circumstantial and this remake by she makes a conscious choice and uh uh we haven't really talked about the spirit animals yet but uh uh just to kind of jump into this early enough in the original it's a dragon in the remake it's a phoenix it falls into that category of the tale of the phoenix this uh this fictional character wa jun as you described this sort of male um successor to her father he doesn't exist so when he dies it allows mulan to be sort of reborn mm-hmm. as her true self and there's such a change that you see in the battle, like her appearance changes. You know, you don't get the same scene where uh, she cuts her hair short. It's still sort of long. It's just tied up. And you see her like fully realize 
He's wearing this very like sort of visually striking red outfit. Whatever your beliefs are about gender or something like that, in the moment where someone comes in on horseback and is kicking ass and saving all of your lives, you know, I think you start to throw that <laughs> uh, to, to the wayside. And um, I think also to your point with uh, like Dynasty Wars, it's when the movie really starts kind of picking up in, in the action too. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. a really, it's a really strong um, battle sequence, uh, especially once she sort of fully realizes her power, you get to really see this character in action. And I think again, strong choice to give her the decision to reveal herself and it's strong to bring it into sort of the pillars of a, of a true warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a scene where they have to make their oath and it's loyalty, brave. And when truth comes, she can't even say it because she knows she's not living a truth. Mm-hmm. It's a, oh man, just another smart choice. And I think in a movie that uh, has a lot of them, a lot of smart choices and changes. Yeah. I mean, you had mentioned the sort of spirit animals. Do you want to get into that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, in the films, right? So we keep talking about this Mulan character, but like on the off chance you don't understand who it is, audience, you know, she is this different girl. Like while everyone else is worried about matchmaking and getting married, she has just different interests in mind. And when sort of the empire is being attacked, her father's called arms who is you know injured. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. She makes a conscious choice in both films to more or less take his place, go out and fight this battle to her own personal peril and possibly her family's dishonor. Given that it's kind of like long odds that she has, her family more or less prays to their, uh, their ancestors and ask the ancestors to uh, basically back her up, you know, help, help Mulan. In the original film, you get Eddie Murphy <laughs> as Mushu. Again, talking about another kind of funny beat, when you have a comedian in Eddie Murphy who's really playing into the, the humor of the moment, and he kind of screws up and he makes a, He's supposed to release the stone dragon, a much more formidable dragon, and he kind of breaks him. <laughs> Old Stony. <laughs> they had time to, you know, throw that side story in. Um, in the remake, uh, it's, you know, there's a phoenix that gets broken, sort of, it's a family sort of statue um, representing her ancestors in the front of her home in the village, and it gets broken, but it gets fixed, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she gets, like, this phoenix figure that sort of follows her into battle, and it's revealed that the Phoenix also followed her father into battle. What do you have in terms of, like, the Phoenix uh, and the choice of how they did it? I I definitely didn't think they were going to do Mushu. (laughs) Just having a little talking dragon uh, didn't seem... It just didn't seem like it would work in the live-action remake. Uh, The Phoenix... Phoenix wasn't too bad, you know. It's used sparingly, and it seems to be used uh, sort of pivotal moments throughout Mulan's journey whether it's just I don't know where to go or where's the camp or like now like you said before when she decides to shed the Hua Jun skin and just be Mulan or even at the final battle just a lot of pivotal moments just to it almost seems like just to give her that extra burst of like energy or whatever she needs just to keep going whenever she's like unsure that she can do needs to be done she'll see this phoenix and then she's like okay i do have the power to do the necessary task at hand so you know it's a little a little cliche you know the phoenix (laughs) rising uh but it it worked i I don't think it was overdone so i didn't mind it yeah i was right there with you where i was literally hoping that the thing wouldn't talk (laughs) (laughs) yes i was like i I do not need like i just felt like it would have taken us out of the movie Mm -hmm. um 
I'm sure the directors and the writers thought the same thing. So it's, you know, just striking visual image. If I was rating this, this is kind of an aside, but if I was rating the CGI in this film, I'd probably throw it in the B category. <laughs> Couldn't give it exactly an A plus or anything like that. There's a few moments where the visuals seem to not really match the the budget as it were, but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad by any means. It just wasn't like the best CGI I've seen. And to your point, I appreciate that they use, use that, uh, the Phoenix sparingly, you know, as sort of visually it looked good in the big open landscapes, you know, mm-hmm. kind of interacting with her. I could do less of it. Uh, but, uh, they, they use it so infrequently that it doesn't really take away from anything. And mm-hmm. you're right. It just gives a little extra emphasis on these moments of, uh, of the character sort of overcoming something and mm-hmm. it fits again in a narrative to your point possibly a cliche way but i think they stay away from it enough that it doesn't feel like they're beating you over the head with this imagery yeah and i'm correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure like she's the only one who could see it is what i got a sense of because nobody ever looks in the sky when that phoenix is around it's only her kind of looking at it as opposed yeah. to mushu who i'm pretty sure everybody could see hear whatever you want to do yeah I think, like, to that point, like, Mushu has to, like, hide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. There are moments where he can be seen, you know, and he uses that to try to, like, scare people sometimes and things like that. I just kind of like the idea that she's the only one that can see it. It makes sense. It's, like, it's her ancestors. Yeah. It's, you know, the spirit world, as it were. There's no reason for anyone else to be interacting with the Phoenix. And uh, like we were saying, it's not like the Phoenix is all over the place either. Yeah. If I had imagined there was anyone that could see that phoenix, it was likely the other sort of uh, uh, villain that uses chi as well mm-hmm. um, and that we'll talk about. Right. So I was fine with uh, no Mushu. I was definitely fine with no cricket. I was like, yeah, it would have been really silly if she's like the whole time she's like carrying this little cricket into battle. So I was like, okay, we don't have the cricket. I'm fine with yeah. that. It, it, it was smart for them to sort of just reappropriate the cricket and have like, there's basically a character, uh, one of the soldiers that is more or less his nickname is cricket and i think you know he's lucky but it doesn't play that heavy into the storyline and you know what that's about how much attention a cricket needed in in the film so a a good i I say cut but like good adaptation to just Mm -hmm. you know make the reference and not have to like overdo it all right i mean i'm good with mulan i'm sure we'll talk about her as we talk about the other characters so i was thinking moving on to the big baddie Sure. All right. We have our bad guy who is named different in both films. In the original, he's Sean Yu, portrayed by Miguel Ferrer. And in the remake, he is Bori Khan, portrayed by Jason Scott Lee. Very different. Um, I mean, just the armies that they're leading are different. We have mm-hmm. the Huns in the original versus the Roran in the remake. Again, being a little more true. To that poem because it was the war on that they were fighting in that poem where do you want to start here in the original film and you know you can kind of blink and miss this if you want to we're introduced to our villain before we're introduced to our our lead mm-hmm. um although you would kind of expect to because you get him so early and he seems to be important you would expect sean you to be like more fleshed out not really <laughs> you know he's uh He's kind of mad at the emperor for taunting him with his great walls. Like, how long were you around while this wall was being made? <laughs> like, 
but uh <laughs> but you know the only thing i can really say about uh like sean you because his motivation is kind of flimsy he's just like he's a raider he wants to basically overtake the empire just you know to overtake it they make some interesting choices sort of visually with them like they really lean into almost like this uh this Genghis Khan style Hun army, they've made them uh, gray for some reason. <laughs> they have like a gray tone, but like, I get it. It's a visual. How do you quickly sort of differentiate your good guys versus your bad guys? Physically imposing character, the way he's drawn and stuff like that. But outside of that, that's really kind of all you need to know about Sean, Sean Yu. Uh, tough bad guy kind of mean. Yeah. Boyd he... Khan. Oh, that... I was just going to say, yeah, he has like, control over that army like no nobody's gonna question him like whatever he says goes um not necessarily the case with Borikon. he does have some people go well, well i don't know if i want to do it for these reasons so sean you totally control this imposing figure a bit one-dimensional like you said but yeah he's just our big baddie and you know it was 90s animated villains goes he he gets the job done <laughs> Yeah, you make them, make them kind of scary, you know. And, yeah. Uh, give them an imposing sort of voice and look, and uh, you're done there, you know. He's the bad guy. <laughs> and to your point, he fits squarely in the category of big bad, and he's unquestioned in his power. Right. Bori Khan, kind of similar to, uh, let's see, kind of similar. You mentioned that Sean Yu doesn't really have a motivation that we know of, just like maybe he wants power, but Bori Khan it's a little more personal with him why he wants to take out the emperor because his father also named Bori Khan was murdered by the emperor. So you killed my dad, I'll kill you kind of that logic going on. So he's got a little more motivation, but he also wants the riches and the wealth as well. Right. He reminds me a lot of, uh, our big bad in the Conan movie, uh, in, in a few ways in the remake. Uh, in the sense that, yes, he has a specific motivation with his father being killed, but he's also willing to use uh, some different means. Like, uh, you know, most people would advise you not to use witchcraft, <laughs> as, it, as it were, um, when trying to take over the world. But he's more or less sort of exploiting another character in the film and using her powers, which is, again, another, in my opinion, good change because it, it sort of gives you a backdrop for Mulan as well. So we've replaced a hawk <laughs> in the original film with Gong Li's uh, Jean Long in this remake. First of all, I, I want to say in terms of uh, character additions, motivating factors and stuff like that, I don't think you could come up with a better character to sort of add to a film than this because she just adds so many different layers to mm -hmm. what you mentioned before. It could just be a one-dimensional you kill my dad, I kill you character. She gives you one magic magic's always good especially when you introduce that your original excuse me that your lead has magic as well you get to see what happens to people that use their magic without trying to suppress it and you know more or less you get shunned from society and it gives us this beautiful backdrop of well you could be like me you know it's almost like that luke skywalker yeah i got a lot of star wars me. vibes from this <laughs> We could rule the empire. Um, I told, I wrote that in my notes as I was <laughs> when she goes to Mulan, like join me. I was like, okay, Darth Vader. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> that but you know, even as kind of silly as that is, I think you get some of the some of the best visuals and the best stakes from this sort of 
the person that uh and my, my wife kind of mentioned this the person that kind of should be the bad guy but because of like society's limitations just isn't Bori Khan has to kind of rein in that character and say okay even though you're more powerful than me it's not going to work if you're the one that <laughs> takes over and then he has to like fight amongst his own men it's like look look I know it's a witch <laughs> hear me out guys did you see what she just did over there <laughs> I like that uh that sort of one-two punch and I think that by punching it up with uh Gong Lee's character it, it really elevated this this villain and kind of made the stakes make a lot more sense to me yeah she's a really interesting character um just her introduction is just was pretty interesting like they're on the silk road there's this random merchant traveling there and then she just kind of appears and then they don't show you what happens but they show you like her shadow going into his shadow and you're just like what's happening here and then you just see him by himself walking to this market area and then bori khan and his army start to approach the gates and then she's inside and then she like reveals that she is the merchant and it's like i thought at first like oh she's actually a good guy but then (laughs) she gets a couple knives and stabs all the guards it's like oh she's a bad guy okay (laughs) so i got that she was gonna help defend the village nope now she's gonna help kill everybody and then she could transform into people so her powers not fully defined but we know she could transform into other people she can transform into a hawk her hands when she's in human form are like claw or talons of a hawk so i thought that was a really cool character design right there very smart character design she has this uh makeup job on her face where like half of it's like painted black or something and the other half's painted white like above the eyes and stuff it's it's uh it's definitely memorable (laughs) her look and then yeah like you said she does seem like she's the most well she is the most powerful person in that enemy army and she could easily overtake Bori Khan, but he has this hold over her where I guess she was like kind of down in the dumps and he sort of helped her out of there. And you got to remember what they, they did for you or remember what I did for you or else. Uh, yeah, that it, part wasn't very well. It wasn't well defined. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. it's like, well, you could easily crush this guy. I don't know yeah. what I thought like they were going to reveal some like. I don't know, maybe he had, like, some talisman that, like, her powers were linked to, and then if he destroyed it, she would lose her powers. I thought they were going to do something like that. But, you know, it's it's okay what they did, I guess. Because she ultimately does kind of betray him at the end, and that's kind of what you were hoping would happen, because she is more powerful than him. I, I think sort of her motivation falls into some of the limitations, and it comes back later with Mulan. Um, um, just kind of jumping ahead a little bit. When Mulan is like leading the army uh, after you know her reveal and her mm-hmm. her powers come into like their their true strength, you know she sees that it's possible. Like her whole need, uh, Gong Li's character for having um, Bori Khan there is that okay? Yeah, she could kill everybody, but then like what, then what? Then what? You know, Bori Khan kind of gives her this this roadmap where basically, all right, this guy takes over, he can kind of change the society. And make it more acceptable for me to just exist, as it were. But she realized that she's kind of signed herself into servitude. She's now Bori Khan's slave. And like you said, she's definitely down the dumps about that. But, you know, she kind of comes to light when she realizes that Mulan was able to do something that she wasn't, even with all of her power, which was get society, question mark, but get society <laughs> to... uh to accept her and you know to be able to lead in this uh this army so mulan 
offers promise in a lot of different ways to this character, whether it's, hey, both of us combined, like, we could just be running this whole <laughs> show, or realizing that there's another route, and, like, uh, for some reason, ah, it's too late for me, I'm old, or, or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, or, or whatever, her chi was too corrupted at that point, but um, it was a, no, it was a cool storyline, and honestly, you can tell kind of what what butters the bread in this universe because uh, we're spending a lot of time talking about Gong Lee and not a lot of time talking about <laughs> Bori Khan, who, yeah. you know, he's a good character, kind of generic village raider type guy, strong, ruthless, but ultimately, uh, I think what this movie does well is the men have to take a back seat because there's magic women, like, floating in the air and like kill, able to kill massive armies by themselves while the men kind of just struggle and fail. And uh, I don't know, they, they pull it off in a really good way. And I think if you exclude that character, we don't learn as much about Mulan mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. And I think that this was, in my opinion, one of the best additions that I've seen to uh, a storyline in a, in a film because it's literally the sort of that almost like black mirror like you can go this way you can go that way mm-hmm. and uh i didn't even know they were you know setting that up the whole time yeah and when it's revealed it's like oh yeah that's that's really strong narration it's a good storytelling it's good storytelling it really is i was just thinking about it It really is like star wars so bori khan is the emperor our <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, john long is darth vader join me mulan and together we will rule the galaxy as witch and witch right and then <laughs> I will, uh, come on, join me. I can save you. It's too late for me, my Mulan. And then ultimately, Mulan, like Luke Skywalker, <laughs> saves her. So it's, yeah. we got the and, Star Wars in here, people. And she has to sacrifice herself, as we'll learn. Uh, yeah. To, you know, she turned from the dark side. To, exactly. To it's the not her last moment. It's not Force Lightning. It's just, it's just an arrow, but you know, <laughs> the witch, <laughs> Vader, they, they get in the way of that and they, they protect our young protagonist. So. A lot of parallels here with Star Wars. I'm just figuring this out now as we're talking about it. Same here, actually. As you're saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they just repackaged Star Wars. <laughs> but it was different, okay? <laughs> no, but it's well, still it's still well done, though. Yeah. I mean, that that really is the strength of uh, Star Wars, and particularly this, this story. This is, uh, as uh, the, the famous Carl Jung would say, this is the hero's journey. You can go through almost any hero story in it's all the same kind of the it's, same it's, thing. it's all star wars <laughs> yeah it, everything is star wars if you look hard enough uh but no i mean look uh even with it being kind of star wars you're right you got this hero who has to make a choice you know lighter lighter dark we see what the dark side could yield and there is this like you mentioned riches and power and stuff like that but this character has has her, her honor you know she falls back on the, the three pillars mm-hmm. and her de- devotion to uh, you know loyalty bravery and truth and because she has this sort of ground and foundation to build off of even temptation like ultimate power is not it would never sway this this character she's too good mm-hmm. i like like what they did there yeah great addition um she's the more interesting villain between her and bori khan but because she works for bori khan she sort of elevates him because if somebody Absolutely. that powerful is going to work for him well he must be important he must be there must be something about him that she's following him so unnatural (laughs) (laughs) last one i swear (laughs) um there's no darth plague is the wise story in this one though so we'll move on 
I will say this too, um, to kind of jump ahead a little bit. Sure. In both films, I, I'll say they could do a better job with uh, dispatching of the big bat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, the original film, you know, you get you get your kind of like you said, the fireworks, your cannon, mm-hmm. shoot them. Oh, okay, cool. In this remake, I thought that fight was going to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they did a better job with some of the fight scenes. So I think another reason why we are talking about Gong Li's uh, John La more is because she had the more visually interesting fight scenes. Right. And I was kind of expecting a little bit more um, from the remake in terms of that final fight, but uh, I'm not going to begrudge them too much because it got the job done. But uh, it's just a little side note for myself that uh, if I had to point to a weakness, I would say, you know, that could have been a little bit cooler. It, yeah, I thought the actual fight, like, I was a little disappointed because it wasn't that epic and it was, it was a bit short, but I like how it ended because there was a couple mm-hmm. callbacks from the way it ended. Number one was Mulan has this cool move that she does where she, like, a staff or something is in the air and then she's able to kick it. So, and it yeah. goes, like, right towards the enemy. Cause instead of, like, throwing it, it's like, it's in the air and I'll kick it. So it's a pretty sweet move. She does that to an arrow. And then uh, Bori Khan when we were first introduced to him, one of the archers at the gates shoots an arrow at him and he's able to catch it, which is pretty early in the movie, which again, reestablished, okay, this isn't exactly playing by our rules, but so there's some, you know, magical element to this. But when Mulan does her kick, he's unable to catch that arrow. Yeah. So I, I like the callbacks at least um, for the very finale of the fight, but I guess like the fight itself was a little lackluster. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you said, callback, callbacks were super strong kind of fall in the category of I don't necessarily need to see big, long, kind of wire CGI fights, but uh, I don't know, just kind of what they had given us to that point, I was like, oh yeah, epic showdown time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not not quite. It was okay, but it wasn't, it was a bit of a letdown, but it, definitely not like enough to say, oh, this that was terrible. Yeah. But, you know, I think uh, it shows the strength of the movie that it built my expectations so much at that point. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be really cool. And it was kind of cool. <laughs> I think they just, they kind of put themselves in a corner just because they made Mulan so amazing during that one battle mm-hmm. where she kind of reveals herself as Mulan. And it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Well, we learned that the answer is there's not much they can go to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they had to kind of use some misdirection. I think, I guess, Bori Khan, if I had to give him a superpower, it's, uh, it's ruthless. You know, he'll take advantage of somebody, basically make them uh, his slave just so he can kind of kill a guy that killed his dad. And he's willing to, like, uh, hold, like, the emperor hostage and, you know, use that against her in the fight. So, I mean, he uses cunning and and ruthlessness, uh, but it's not the same as, like, being able to kind of, like, float and do backflips and throw magic sleeves at people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's a lot lot more cool stuff that uh, Bori Khan does not have access to in his, his war chest. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm gonna be nitpicking here, but Borikon, so he wants to kill the emperor. I feel mm-hmm. like he had a couple of opportunities to do it, and he doesn't quite pull the trigger. Like even very early in the movie, when Jean Long is like pretend, disguised as one of the messengers there, really I'm like, well, this is a great opportunity for her to just reveal herself, you know, make her knives go everywhere like she does, mm-hmm. and then just kill the emperor right there. And I don't know, no, now it's not the time. He must die later or i wasn't sure if it was like his hubris like he can only die by my hand uh that was my take that he had this stupid obsession of like 
I gotta kill the emperor because he killed my dad. <laughs> but even later in the movie, like you said, he instead of killing him, he ties him up so that Mulan has to save him, and he sort of uses a distraction. And so you could have killed him, and then just, you could have focused I, on her. Yeah, I just didn't quite understand why he had time to make like molten, you know, iron. <laughs> it's like. Yes, you wait. I'm gonna lower you into this real slow life. It's gonna <laughs> suck. Like I'm a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You led the good guy here. <laughs> mm, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Borikan, not the strongest villain, but also not the weakest because uh, Shan Yu isn't much stronger. I would say, honestly, really the only Shan Yu part that I kind of really remember, other than I guess when they take the village uh, or like, excuse me, get into the Emperor's village later, but uh. Would be that opening sequence where he, you know, he like, he scales the wall and he's like, "Ah, I got you." <laughs> they gotta, <laughs> they gotta like burn the oil and like show that like we're under attack and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and like really the only other kind of strong note for him, and they have something sort of similar in the remake, but like uh, when he's like, "Well, how many people does it take to right. to give a message?" And you know, he kills one of the soldiers that was living to go tell the emperor what was happening. Uh, they they basically do the same thing to your point with uh, with Gong Li's character, but she actually becomes that guy. So it's a uh, it's interesting. A lot of help for our big bad in the remake, and it helps the movie. So you know I'm for it. All right, that's all I really have to say about our baddies. Do we want to go into some of the other supporting characters? Sure. We have a consolidation here in the remake. Well, I'll just get into it. So we have Li Shang in the original, portrayed by B.D. Wong, and he's sort of split up into two characters in our remake. He's Commander Tong, portrayed by Donnie Yen, and Chen Huanghui, portrayed by Yosun An. So he's portrayed by two different characters because he's supposed to be the leader of this garrison and also our potential love interest with Mulan. And I had read that... Um, they decided to make it two different characters and sort of sort of a response to the Me Too movement because they just didn't think it was appropriate for mm-hmm. like a soldier and I guess her boss <laughs> kind of to start a romantic relationship. So they thought maybe if it was somebody of her own rank, it would be a little more acceptable. So, um, which is a decision I was fine with. I, it didn't really ruin anything for me and it, it kind of made a little more sense because Mulan would be with her soldiers of her own rank more to develop a type of love interest as opposed to like if you're commanding officer who's how often do you really see your commanding officer it's like especially like on a personal level right it's usually just business when you speak with them yeah I, I think uh, you know like like you're saying I guess there's a universe where uh, maybe they could have gave her, given her more interactions with like Donnie Yen and stuff like that. But like that, to your point, I think that would have felt forced. Mm. Uh, I definitely understand their concerns of basically like the ranking officer and her getting into a relationship. It's a smart choice there. It just takes that question mark out of there. Yeah. We, we don't need to be worried about power, the power structure of the military and relationships <laughs> in our in our movie. So now I like it. And plus it gives Donnie Yen a lot more kind of like free reign and not worry about being a romantic interest and just being kind of like the kick-ass Donnie Yen that yeah. we know him as. It just feels a lot more natural when uh, Yosan An's uh, Hong Wei interacts with her. Like, I don't know, they have a pretty good, actually, chemistry, mm-hmm. I would say. It's interesting to make them sort of rivals. Like, yeah. you know, they fight against each other. He can tell that she's holding back. 
there's tension when you know like she finally takes a bath scene <laughs> which uh weirdly comedic but uh you know like she won't turn it back we know why it's because she's a woman but like he thinks it's because oh, okay this is a stubborn kind of soldier like he's like look you don't have to like me but you know when it comes time to look out for the troops you know you're the strongest one here or, like that's his estimation mm -hmm. so it's like you know, don't give up on them. Mm -hmm. it, it was a really, really nice and natural uh, path into that. And I also really appreciate the fact that they give us a hint that they could, you know, be matched up at some point, but don't make it like a central right. theme. You know, it's a lot of times in movies where it's like, it's a love interest and now they're married and everything ends happily ever mm -hmm. after. They're just like, yeah, you know, see you later, kid. You know, a little Han Solo moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Uh <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was just a really clean way to do it, and uh, splitting out the characters allows the training and the love to be just separate things, and I mm -hmm. think that was helpful. Yeah, I mean, even the original animated movie, like they didn't really force that love story down your throat. It was it's pretty much an afterthought. So you know, for a Disney movie coming out in the '90s to do that, you know, good on them. Uh, I did like. Chen Hongui in the remake. I thought he was a pretty strong character. He's one of the few characters that's really there, like like for Mulan, like really supportive. Even like when they're rivals, like you said, like he's still like I. You might not like me, but I of course I respect you, you know. And he also is like, when Mulan comes back, he's like the first person to speak out. Like we need to trust Mulan. We have to trust this right. person. So he's you know, for lack of a better term, he's big cheerleader of Mulan. Very supportive. And I like the decision to split the commander and the love interest. Let's do that. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. I hundred percent agree to your point. Sort of like the cheerleader. I because there there were these sort of small, not even small, but like these subtle differences. Commander Tongue is the one that's like, oh no 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 way. This is <laughs> there's no way that uh, you're expelled. No women in the army. It's not going to happen. And I was interested in how they're going to do that because in the original, you get uh, sort of B.D. Wong's character and his choice, which is like a life for a life. You saved my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I know I'm supposed to kill you here. I'm going to let it slide, you know, uh, and we'll just call it a day. They don't really let it off the hook that easy in this remake, at least not at first. He's like, dishonor, you know? <laughs> and we had an example of that for another soldier as well, which again, this is the strength of the movie is they give you examples of what dishonor looks like you know how shameful it can be what could lead you to be dishonored you, you dump a little bit of water out of your your uh, bucket that's it so this is way more than bucket in the water this is like <laughs> your entire identity and even saving all of our lives i don't care you brought shame to my unit and uh it takes like you mentioned the kind of i am spartacus moment <laughs> with uh <laughs> with mulan it's like i trust my mulan <laughs> uh i I enjoyed that. I, I liked it. And to your point, for uh, Hong Wee to be the first one to really pipe up there was a strong moment. And by making them sort of, obviously not equals because she has magic, but by making them closer to equals, mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was a strong choice. Right? So very nice kind of weird addition by dividing <laughs> stuff like that. I enjoyed the, the uh, splitting those characters up. Again, just not forcing the love story down our throats. I just, I like the ending that's between the two of them, how they sort of go their separate ways. He's like, wait, Mulan. And she's like, what? And she's like, well, 
I don't want you to go. She's like, well, you could touch my hand. All right. Yeah, I yeah. can touch it. <laughs> so, you know, I know, for the time, I guess that makes sense because, you know, the women were all covered up in all the robes and everything. So, you know, they weren't making out, which would have been like, all right, did we need to do this? So I'll, right. I'll, I'll take a, a hand touch over them, like, going mouth to mouth. Yeah. I think they've clearly done, like, their research with uh, the time period, with the costume design, with uh, adhering to different principles and stuff like that. Like, it's an appropriate response uh, given sort of the time period mm-hmm. um, and restrictions and stuff like that. So, like, and again, for anyone that watches these things for the romance, it's still there. You just, you know, mm. build it out in your head, whatever you think happens next, because uh, that's not the main focus of the right. Milan story. Really well done. You know, uh, the one thing I'll give that original is, look, you you can't beat a I'll make a man out of you. That's a <laughs> that's a classic uh, song. Donny Osmond's some of his best work. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that Donny Osmond contributed. Oh yeah, Donny. Yeah, the singing voices are different than the uh, the talking voices in the uh, the original. Um, and Donny Osmond, yeah, it's weird, but yes, he is the <laughs> singer of I'll Make a Man Out of You. It's it's a really cool training montage. I think the remake does their their training sequences very cleanly, but you know this is one of those few times where I'm gonna say, hey, look, I like I like a good musical in some regards, and uh, you know if if we were gonna try to like fight it out, I gotta throw that in for the original just to give them a fighting chance. <laughs> but the remake just uh, it just does it so well, even like it's a lot more interesting even as a shot, like a actual visual for them to climb the mountain with the uh, the water bucket than it is her. Right kind of climbing a pole you know and the other side of it too is it actually shows again this difference of it's actually her strength like her ability to like carry this when the men couldn't is a physical sort of strength mm-hmm. here right whereas in the original she was like oh, i'll just take these two sort of uh weights right. as they were and wrap them around and again it's showing that that little divide again intellect versus kind right. of this uh magic brawn as it were mm-hmm. oh, that was good i don't really have anything to add to them it's not really too many other characters. There's the family we could talk a little bit about, Mulan's family, and then there are the rest of her sort of military buddies we could also sort of talk about. You want to just talk about the family really quick? Yeah, let's talk about okay. family. Let's talk about Mulan's family. Um, I'll just read out the cast list here. So we have June Foray as Grandmother Fa, uh, Soon Tek Oh as Fa Zhu, and Frida Fo Shen as Fa Li. These are all characters from the original. And in our remake, we have Zima as Hua Zhao, Rosalind Chow as Hua Li, and Zana Tang as Hua Zhu. And the one major difference between these films is that Mulan has a sister in the remake. In the original, she doesn't have a sister, but she has her grandmother. Where'd you want to go with that? I think kind of talking about that big sort of difference I think makes sense here. Again, I don't know a lot about sort of the source material about the ballad or the poem. Yeah. I don't know if she I think she actually sister. I think she actually had a younger brother in the original. Okay. Poem, I think. I think from a storytelling kind of artistic standpoint, making a sister is probably a uh, smart choice because uh we get to see um the juxtaposition of sort of doing it kind of the right way by her society standards and doing it the Mulan way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives her an immediate peer and it also kind of changes that matchmaker scene as well. Whereas in the original, it's kind of Mulan 
just being, I guess, a little sort of clumsy, really, in that moment. Still kind of not her fault, actually, that the cricket was there. Not yeah, really... yeah. No, it's, it's her grandmother's fault. <laughs> I totally blame the grandmother of the original. 100%. And then this remake, you know, this, making it a spider and having us know that her sister's afraid of spiders, you feel bad for her there, too, because, like, it's not like she's just being a, an idiot here. It's like, yeah. all right, like, she's actually looking out for her sister. So she, uh, again, this idea, um, this remake plays with this idea actually a bit. Uh, instead of just loyalty, bravery, and truth, she also has family devotion. So mm-hmm. Mulan constantly is looking out for her family. So the sister is just another person in her family to look out for mm-hmm. before we get sort of the big, I'm taking my father's armor and going to fight in the war. So I think it's a strong choice. I don't love the sister's kind of portrayal. And I don't think it has anything to do with the actress. I just think that when you have this like sort of superwoman wonder woman type character to have like kind of the just generic sister takes away from that character mm-hmm, yeah. um but i i do like the choice from a storytelling standpoint yeah i don't think the sister really does anything interesting but she does help flesh mulan out a little bit more i like what you said like she has a peer somebody to relate to more her own age and just somebody to really be more herself right because when she's around her parents she's trying to be that daughter that's trying to bring honor to her family so she's not fully herself but when she's with her sister she's a little more relaxed a little more playful a little more herself i don't know if she really gets to do that so much around like her grandmother in the cartoon like the grandmother is definitely just there for comic relief like everything she does is just a joke after joke so i was fine with getting rid of her and you know her family while they're a big motivation for her they're not really in the forefront of like what's happening for the story you know our main focus is mulan so as long as they're helping to flesh out her character i'm fine with any changes that the remake did yeah that that's ultimately it you know like uh when it comes to some of these other characters um like the mom especially is kind of like background i would say yeah the mother in the remake has more of a role than the mother in the original because uh, she wears her disappointment a little bit more uh, on her sleeve. Like, she's uh, very traditional, um, whereas in the original, the mom's kind of just, like you mentioned, backdrop. She's not even a comic relief. She's just more or less there to be like, you're running late. I mean, that's <laughs> about her contribution, she's much closer to her father in uh, both films. In the original, the father, I mean, because we can just skip the mom, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> the father cares about Mulan but there's not exactly the same relationship uh it's not like he's sort of allowed her to mm-hmm. just kind of be herself and takes responsibility for the fact that like she doesn't fit into uh you know societal standards you know he he's still like a, a place of refuge for her in some regards but like uh it really hits her hard when her father in the original says Mulan you dishonor me you know um that that's kind of where you can see that her relationship with her father is super important to her and to have him say that you know everyone else can say it but to have him say that Mm -hmm. was a big blow to her in the remake i don't know that gets kind of like distributed out amongst multiple characters a little bit more like the mother's already kind of disappointed the sister's like well you just this is kind of my fault i should have like tried to (laughs) try to make you understand that like you not like conceding to societal norms 
uh, would bring us a lot of peril and danger. So, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with you. I think the relationship between her father is actually a little bit stronger in that original film. I was kind of hoping they would flesh that out in the remake, but I don't feel like they did. Um, he still does care about her and, like, kind of wants her to be who she is by kind of letting her practice her chi and not really interfering with that. But at the end of the day, he's going to be like, look, you better fucking do what I say, okay? Because <laughs> you better honor this family. So I thought he was not as warm in the remake. But, you know, he still pretty much did what he had to do. But I just think yeah. overall, the, it seemed a little bit stronger in the original. Yeah, that original father, and again, sort of like expectations. We, we said something similar about like the big bad. Once they start introducing these elements, we're like, all right, we're going to do a Bori Khan here. Uh, the father is such a strong influence in this original film. And I'm like, all right, well, hell, this is like one of the roles in the film. And, you know, I just didn't get the same notes, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I guess the story about the phoenix or whatever, but, you know, it's a generic story about a phoenix. We've heard phoenix stories before. I, You know, him being mad at her didn't have the same weight, you know, as that original film. It just, entire emphasis because, like, everyone else is such background. Like, she really wants to make her dad proud, and when she doesn't, it really affects her. Mm -hmm. uh, when her dad's not that proud in this remake, it doesn't seem to be... That bigger deal, it just seems that she's concerned that he's going to have to go back out and, uh, you know, fight again. I guess if we want to make a parallel, they do, I think, a better job of outlining the father's military background in the remake. You know, like, he's gone to battle before. He's seen the Phoenix in battle. It's a little bit more apparent in conversations with some of the soldiers that, uh, that Zoe uh, has, like, renown. He's a war hero. Which is true in the original, but like, I don't know, that part of him is fleshed out more in the remake. But ultimately, because he's not in the film that much, I don't know why it needed to be more fleshed out, you know? Yeah, I, d I didn't notice m too much more uh, acknowledgement of his service in the remake. I thought, like, some generals knew who her father was in both films, and that's pretty much as far as it goes. It didn't really influence too much of how they treated... Mulan is Hua Jun in the remake, I didn't think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know, it, it seemed pretty even to me. Yeah, that's fair. I would say, um, in terms of, like, if we're making the sort of apples-to-apples -apples comparison that we've, we've done in, in the past, the father drew him nice. <laughs> you know? I don't know, it just seemed, um, he just seemed warmer to me, like, more yeah, accepting of who Mulan was. Uh, in the remake, I didn't get that so much. Like, hell or high water, she's gonna be a good wife to somebody and like yeah, yeah she can do her chi thing but she better she better smarten up and get that matchmaker to make her a match you know i don't it just yeah. he didn't seem as warm yeah so bottom line you just he he just seemed warmer in that original film yeah now in the in the aggregate though because it kind of matters a little bit more in the remake i would say that the overall family as a whole is uh slightly i say this very slightly stronger in the remake and i think part of that is uh one you're removing the grandmother who's just there for the jokes you're including a sister which again goes back into their storytelling they very quickly in this movie sort of give you a lot of societal norms um through different characters so it's a pretty strong portrayal and uh, ultimately uh because one of the pillars and uh, one of the highlights of this mulan right. 
is family devotion. Family is quite literally thrust onto an altar and uh, made more important in this film. So I really do like the dad in the original, but uh, yeah. overall, the family's very strong in the remake. Yeah, that family devotion uh, pillar is pretty prominent in the remake. So yeah, they mm-hmm. definitely emphasize the importance of family. Yep. To the point that they even added to her new sword and make her read it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that say for our American audience watching? <laughs> um, okay. I mean, that's all I really have to say about the family. They are in the end, pretty minor characters. Um, we do spend a little more time with Mulan's army buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could just go into some of the differences there. I don't have their names in front of me. There's there's a lot more in the remake, and there's the prominent three in the original. I don't know. Do you have the names or any I, specific? I, I don't have too many names. I'll I'll like lead in with uh, with some of the uh, the characters in the original. Okay. Like Harvey Firestein, probably the most prominent yeah. playing Yao. And honestly, after that, I I do fall off. Like I I really just want to make special note of Harvey Firestein because he's the most sort of recognizable and relevant character. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, to be honest, man, like, you know, if we want to go over individual names, we can, but like, they're, uh, they're not that important. <laughs> no. Know, like, should we even like do this part, to be honest? I mean, I just, I guess because we only have like the main three in the original, I guess it's a little bit easier to sort of follow what they're doing and the remake we have a ton of army buddies i don't even want to get into all of them but like we only really care about the potential love interest one they're obviously there for a comic relief in both films yep they kind of have personality in the remake there's right. one part where they're all sitting and talking about girls they like and so you get a little taste of their personality but ultimately the main focus in the remake is really the love interest so the rest of the guys kind of fall by the wayside I'd say the army buddies in the original are actually a little bit stronger just because there's fewer of them. So we could spend more time with them individually. And Yao Ling, uh, I forget the, I forget the third, but uh, Chen Po maybe. Yeah. Chen Po. Yeah. So, so like, like you mentioned, I think one, I think they're stronger. They spend more time with each other. Those characters are, are fleshed out. In their own way, they have their own kind of like ticks throughout the film that are kind of like outlined in uh, uh, both of the sort of major songs in there, whether it's uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You or uh, Girl We're Fighting For, which is an interesting number. But like, yeah, Fire Scene Yao is like a tough guy. You know, he punches people first and asks questions later. Mm-hmm. I believe, uh, is it is it Ling that's the tall one, or is that Chen Po, who's the uh, sort of the big I think that kind of teddy be, bear? That might be Chen Po. Yeah, like Chen Po, who sort of our gentle giant character, and Ling, who's kind of like really slapstick <laughs> comic relief. Whereas uh, in the remake, there's a guy that like he thinks highly of himself and likes to punch people, but uh, like you mentioned, that's kind of like doled out too amongst the uh, the love interest as well because he's like a direct rival. Uh, to Mulan and then they they sort of consolidate one of the army guys into the cricket which was interesting you know um, I, I don't know they they really don't get that much time to shine though in the remake they really are uh, kind of helpless <laughs> <laughs> I I remember kind of looking over uh, at one point to Free and saying 
I can't believe we're still fighting in this hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of mislead us because first it's when we come back to the hallway, like at the end, first it's just Huang Hui kind of by himself and you're thinking, oh my God, is everybody dead? But then they change the camera angle and you see, oh, everybody's live. But then you see one guy looks like he's, oh, maybe he's dead. And then now he's just yawning. So it's like, okay so nobody died <laughs> so so a little misdirection i don't i i feel like like i know there this is a family movie at the end of the day but it is a war movie maybe one guy was could have been expendable there's a lot of them in the remake so one of yeah. them could have went i don't know get, even give him somebody like a minor injury you know like, <laughs> yeah oh, he took a sword to the shoulder you know no one dies i did make a note actually i'm glad you said that uh <laughs> That in the the battle, when Mulan's still sort of, uh, uh, she hasn't shed her skin. She's not really Mulan yet. She's a Hua Jun, yeah. Red outfit, red, very important color in uh, Chinese history and tradition and stuff like that. And I started to name these other characters the yellow shirts because, like, if you, unlike the red shirts in uh, Star Wars, like, <laughs> a, a yellow shirt was just like, oh my god, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. Yeah, <laughs> those guys didn't seem to matter much, but uh. Yeah, no, if you were in the core group, like, if you had a name, you're not dying in this movie. Yeah. Unless you're a bad guy. Like, that's the only way you're dying in this film. So, you know, uh, they were trying to keep that sort of PG rating going there. Um, they don't even have blood, like, really in the movie. Yeah. This is a war movie, and the only blood I remember seeing is when Mulan cut the witch's hand. It's just to push her away. I think that's the right. only even blood. I know, which is understandable. It's, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a children's war movie <laughs> or a remake of a children's war movie so i mean i wasn't that's okay but you know we're saying it's a little more gritty it's it's gritty to a point it's it's not really violent um not really any gore and you know nobody really dies so there's like nobody on the good team at least that's yeah. important so the stakes are still pretty low for our gritty remake mm -hmm. here yeah, I would say that the stakes are low. Actually, it is good that we're talking about these, uh, these side characters because, uh, one, uh, you know, if if you have a name, you're not taking a Talon shuriken to the <laughs> to the chest. Um, uh, the closest thing to, like, devastational in the, the war field is, you know, they put their shields up to block uh, right. the, the witch guys are, like, creating these, like, sort of firebomb. Uh, they're not cannonballs. It's not cannon, but, like... Uh, yeah. The little balls in a the catapult, they're like, they explode yeah. when they hit people. But you see none of the details of that. You don't even no. stop to think about the implications. I will say this, since we are talking about the army guy, I think that after that battle, I would say that the film starts to lose some of its ground to how it handles the action to the original because they, after that battle, it seems like, all right, we got to hit these notes <laughs> To kind of finish out this movie mm -hmm. and i felt it was very strange her expulsion was very temporary and strange mm -hmm. them just being like like i said the spartacus moment was just like mm -hmm. okay yeah, yeah we believe you <laughs> then they kind of ride out and sort of save the day but like i i felt like they were doing such a good job of like mountain building building right. getting to this moment that once she was truly revealed they're like well now it's mulan so like let's Let's finish the job, you know. I, I thought it was really, I thought it was a little strange. It, again, it wasn't like this movie is now bad, but it was like right. it seemed to be kind of like rushing towards this sort of known ending here. Yeah, I thought it was a little strange. I it was a little weird because I mean, just look at the timestamps of when 
those things happen in both respective films. It happens pretty late in the original animated film when Mulan's kicked out. It's I'd say maybe there's 15, 20 minutes left in that film. In the remake, when she gets expelled, there's like still 40 minutes of film to go. So that's that's kind of the big climax too. Like Mulan's revealed. Now what's going to happen? You know, everything seems like it's going terrible because now she's kicked out of the army and the the bad guy's still out there and what, what's going to happen? So, yeah, there's just... Uh, they had so much time and it's like, well, what are we going to do with all this time now? So I think it was just maybe too early to have yeah. her do all that stuff, to be revealed. Um, it should have well, maybe happened a little later in the film, I think. Later God. in the film or or different like uh in the original if, if i'm remembering right like she kind of finds out about the plot and then sort of shows up in the the um the city right like i think from what i remember and i think she then has to kind of convince them that um you know the huns are still coming because like she saw the huns they didn't uh in in the original from what i recall in this remake she just kind of comes back you know, she's like, well, look, they are going to go. So you have to believe me. But well, she gets uh, she has a conversation with the witch. That's what. Tells yeah, her. no, I, I know she she oh. has a conversation with the witch, but it's like oh. she goes and she has this conversation and she's like, OK, they're still there. But like, I, I guess what I'm saying, though, is that like the way she reveals it to the rest of the troops is slightly different. And I think it made a little bit more sense in the original because like the danger was like impending they were already kind of like in the set piece for it mm-hmm. whereas like in a remake you just had this big deal about her being expelled and then they immediately just turn around and like listen to her to your point with the timestamps, it just uh it felt strange i think the the expulsion and the return were a little too close together there probably should have been some different action in between to make that transition a little bit smoother mm. yeah that's a good point but uh you know, uh, that sort of falls into, like, nitpicking territory. Right. I, You know, it was a little jarring, but it wasn't, like... I was able to, you know, get back on the ride. I just thought that, like, eh, you made too much of a deal about that expulsion. You, you were sort of better off with, like, a life for a life there versus, like, uh, General uh, or Commander Tongue being, like, nah, you, so much shame, so much dishonor, uh, never come back. Uh, if I see you again, you're dead. And then it was like, well, you see her again, and she's not dead. Like, it, yeah, it, and he weird. does. He does say, "Bring me my sword." And then she's like, "Well, you can kill me, but listen to me first. So, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, maybe they should have done it like the original. Let's all just be already at the emperor's place, and then that way we can just go. We don't have to have this journey from. I got to go to your barracks, and then we got to travel together and right. do all this stuff. But at the same time, in this particular film, you can't do that because if the witch. Uh, Gong Li's character doesn't see Mulan leading an army, that falls apart too. So, like, uh, it works. It just, uh, I don't know, I have a slight preference for that transition. But overall, the remake, I think, gets to go in and do a lot more interesting things leading up to that final fight because in the original, it's just like, oh, they're coming, and then, you know, it's fireworks, and mm-hmm. now it's fireworks at the bad guy. It's not, well, I will... it's not as clean. <laughs> I will give it this to the original though, because there was all the emphasis on like be a man and you gotta make a man out of you and stuff. In order for them to infiltrate the palace, though, they have to mm. dress up as women. <laughs> so it's, you know, yeah. it just turns that whole be a man thing kind of 
turns that around. So that was a nice little callback in the original film. Yeah, yeah. Obviously something you could only get away with in an animated film. If the men in the remake start dressing up like women to infiltrate the palace, they'd be like, really? This is what we're doing now? So, um, yeah. you know, it was just a nice little point, touch in the like, original. Absolutely. And to your point about, like, sensitivity, uh, that could be, you know, exactly. you, you, don't need, you don't need things getting out of, out of hand. Like, you're really just trying to recount a story and there's... You, don't fall into a landmine you don't have to exactly yeah why bring up that conversation if we can avoid it completely mm -hmm. so but uh again that that to me uh falls squarely in the camp of nitpicking there was just really those are the two things i can think of the final fight and sort of that transition back to her being in the good graces i found those were a bit awkward but uh still you know worked yeah yeah I got nothing else to add to that. Do you want to go on and talk about some of those songs? I do want to just make a special side note that I think the Emperor choice in both films was fantastic. <laughs> Good casting there. Uh, Pat, yeah. Pat Morita is the man. Jet Li is awesome. I didn't uh, even recognize Jet Li. I was, and it wasn't until the credits. I was like, oh, it's Jet Li. Quick question. I could be completely wrong. Did they dub over Jet Li? Or was that his voice? I don't know. It didn't. I don't know. I had like little trouble like the voice coming out of his mouth and just the way he was talking it just didn't it didn't look like it matched to me i could be completely wrong but i thought it's, are they dubbing some of these possible. characters i didn't find anything I about be that surprise if they dub some of the characters because uh i think that there's going to be a huge emphasis on this in asian markets when you look at even like costume design and stuff like that like i was sitting there i was like oh yeah that that's really going to play well with, like chinese audiences whether it's like mulan's outfit and like uh, the Emperor is sort of that golden armor and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. all of these are sort of big cultural, like, references and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did that in, like, Chinese and they were just like, I'm right, going to dub it so we have the English cut as well. Yeah. You would make that sacrifice in this particular case because I think uh, on a profit margin, I think you're going to do better overseas with this film and you're probably more interested in that audience than you are even... An American audience. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, something about the Emperor specifically, it's like, it just seemed a little off. So he, mm -hmm. I'm thinking he was dubbed. I could be completely wrong and just seeing I, things that aren't really there. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Let's put it that way. All right, let us know if anybody finds out. All right, you want to get into the music now? Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, the music, like you said, in the, uh, in the remake, there's a few moments where you'll hear like a chord or, you know, a little like snippet of a. Uh, of the music, uh, uh, Christina Aguilera in the credits gets <laughs> <laughs> uh, redo her song. Apparently, the song "Reflections" from Mulan was Christina Aguilera's first single. So this is a a decades long return wow. <laughs> to her uh, Mulan sort of roots. Good for her. Um, honestly, there's a few songs that I I think are just like uh, bring honor to us all. I think it's just one of the sort of cleanest intros to a character that I've seen in like a musical um, knocks out a lot of the uh, a lot of the sort of character work right there in that song so I think that you can't do it again in the remake you just it wouldn't work but I, I like how they introduce the character there and I think it's probably one of the reasons why the remake decided to sort of introduce the young Mulan character the training montage in a weird way because like Obviously, like, this remake takes a lot of care and attention to the training. But, like, that campy, you know, I'll make a man out of you montage, 
Uh, it just kind of works, you know, like it, it works really well with, with the comedy blending it with like the idea of like we were training for a war. So I definitely wanted to highlight those two songs, but honestly, outside of that, um, like a girl we're fighting for isn't that great of a song. <laughs> it, it, it's a little, it's a little too jokey and campy, but like, uh, honestly, other than that, I really don't have a lot to say about the music, but I did want to highlight those two, like critically sort of acclaimed songs. I think that if you take those out of the film in that original, it's not as solid as a product. So um, I just wanted to take a moment to highlight those and give a little Christina Aguilera trivia, <laughs> if anyone cares. And just to add to that song, I think, was it Reflection? Yeah, I think it was Reflection in the... in. Uh... Oh, yeah, the song Reflection. I think that our Mulan, Liu, Liu Yifei, actually sang a Mandarin version of the song. And I think you could hear that in the credits as well. I, I believe, yeah, I believe yeah. right. So... I just wanted to mention that too because you do start with Christina Aguilera's and then it does turn to Mandarin and I don't think that's Christina Aguilera singing that part <laughs> no offense against her I'm sure she's talented but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how strong she is with the Mandarin language that was a literal question that uh, my wife had for me when we were watching it was like it's like is that Christina Aguilera <laughs> like, See? like I don't think so not anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was being a bit of an idiot though i was like oh you know you could do it phonetically <laughs> it's like it's like i don't know because my, my wife has taken uh chinese like classes in like uh, i believe high school and college a little bit and um and she was like she's even getting the like the, the tones right and that's yeah. you know pretty pretty hard for christina aguilera to pull that off i imagine i mean she can't even sing spanish well so i 100 percent agree <laughs> but we're go. not here bad, christina aguilera. <laughs> that's an old futurama <laughs> joke i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> We'll do that in our free time. Okay. Um, is there anything else we want to cover? Do we want to talk about any of the battles or the fight choreography? Because that's a big sort of addition to the remake is the yeah. the fighting and stuff. They just, they hit the battle so well mm -hmm. when it's sort of a big battle. Like, I think they do that really well. I think that in the remake, they do struggle with the one-on-one -on -one a little bit. But, like, I've I found that that, big sort of battlefield fight like you mentioned dynasty wars yeah it felt a lot like that yep. they were able to sort of show the chaos of the battle really cleanly while still keeping it interesting and again because they did that so well i had such high hopes for everything that was going to follow and uh some of it didn't quite measure measure up but like in that moment i think they 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 nailed it yeah the big battle in the middle of the film is definitely like one of the highlights for me when it comes to the action um mulan's pretty badass on her horse part of the cavalry she's chasing after bori khan and uh pretty uh mongolian in the style of attack there they're shooting arrows off their horse at each other it's pretty badass and like Very you said before the yellow shirts everybody that's going with mulan they're all getting picked off one by one and only mulan's like smart enough to be like oh maybe i should dodge it or she maybe she's the only one who has like the <laughs> the force to see like <laughs> an arrow's incoming so i'm just gonna slightly move out of the way just you like neo that sort of matrix dive yeah she did kind of do have a matrix thing there on her horse I, I really thought the uh the choreography on the horses was so well done yeah. like uh real kudos to like to be riding the horse doing the, the turn you know yeah. uh it, they must have had some really good riders on that that cast it was it was fantastic actually yeah shooting arrows at each other on horseback that's not something we see all the time in these war movies so that, that was really awesome to see and then um 
what happens. Mulan gets into that one-on-one fight with the witch, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty decent choreography. She's a little outmatched because she wasn't being her true self. I was kind of bummed, though, because I thought, like, after she became her true self, I thought they would have, like, kind of a rematch right there, but then the witch is already gone, and she just goes out and fights kind of regular soldiers, Mulan, which was yeah. awesome. Um, what'd you think of the decision? Because in the original animated film, every time Mulan fights, she's kind of wearing armor, <laughs> and I get it, like, oh, this is Mulan, she's a woman, and she's got this chi, but I just think a little armor might help her. <laughs> I would feel a little safer if she wore a little bit of that armor. I know she was somebody else when she wore that armor, but... Sure. Maybe a little well, armor. Yeah, maybe. I think, uh, obviously, I think it was a choice, and I think they really just wanted that visual. You know, that's it's a very sort of striking dress. Uh, uh, you see a few people in the film that, like, are able to use like their sleeves and stuff like that. Like this sort of fantastical magic happens where your sleeve can extend and hit people. The emperor does it at one point, the witch does it at certain points. I just think that uh, they had this, again, cheers to the costume design department. They had this like badass dress and they're like, we're gonna go out in this. Um, To your point, it can distract if you're thinking, all right, there's a battle. Like you don't wanna take an arrow to the knee like the last adventurer. (laughs) Uh, But like, um, I don't know, it's such a, striking visual her riding back into the battle in this, this sort of red dress get up um that i i'll allow it uh i think mulan in the original to your point that's sort of i've got the battle armor but like i'm you know clearly like a, like a, a woman again or whatever like it, it's a cool you know design in terms of the drawing and stuff like that but like i i, I don't even think they we're going for that in this moment, but I, I agree with you. You know, there could be armor there, but it was worth taking sort of the that big swing with with the outfit, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm just nitpicking. I just, yeah, I, I was a little worried. That's all. I just wanted yeah. you to know I was worried about Mulan. I thought she looked cool, but I can worry still. No, I mean, look, uh, I do to your point wish that there was more of a uh, a rematch between. Honestly, the two most interesting characters yeah. in the film, yeah, which are Mulan and like this sort of claw power. So I would like to see her powers fully realized in a fight. You know, we don't right. really quite get that. Um, maybe they're maybe like the animated film they'll do a Mulan too. I think they are doing planning to do a sequel. I bet, I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they are. So, and then a lot of stuff that uh, was left sort of unfinished, like you said, bigger battles more of her powers, the love interest. I'm sure they'll get around to all that yeah. next time they want to take $30 out of our <laughs> bank accounts, man. The real, the real shame of uh, of this is that because of the pandemic, they didn't get to realize their sort of big screen ambitions mm-hmm. for this. Th- this, I imagine, would have been a sort of big, you know, 2020 cultural moment yeah. for Disney. And uh, it's, it's blunted here. Uh, I think they're still going to get a decent, you know, return on this investment. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not the same. Man. It's not the same as that big screen. You know, like know. you mentioned Star Wars, going there, mm-hmm. eating the popcorn, and looking at the screen. But you know, very well. We haven't talked about what we thought yet. Yeah, I mean, this definitely I would have wanted to see on a big screen. I mean, a huge war epic. That's that's just a feast for the eyes. And then just hearing the the loud rumbles of war over those huge speakers yeah so a bit of a bummer there but at least we are able to see it instead of you know just not see it i wouldn't be surprised they do some sort of limited 
run like next year when yeah. things are limited like... re-release once things have calmed mm-hmm. down that makes sense because uh, i even though i now own it because <laughs> it's 30 dollars <laughs> like I, I agree with you i would like to see this epic as it was kind of intended yeah. in the uh watch all right i mean i don't really have anything to add um i'm trying to think if there's any other talking points i'm, I'm pretty much good if we want to yeah. go into final verdicts i'm good too i think we uh i think we got yeah what we need okay cool all right, so we talked about all the differences, what we liked, what we didn't like. So here we are. Reggie, should the remake of Mulan exist? I'll say this. Unlike some of the other kind of recent entries into this sort of live-action Disney universe, without question, this movie should exist. Uh, it did a lot of things that uh, I know that we talk about when it comes to remakes. It just made its own thing. It staked its own claim. You know, there's subtle references to the original but they make choices that are just like all right we're gonna lean more either into the, the legend or the folklore we're gonna make our own thing like it, it you can't make this like an animated musical you mm-hmm. you know um and i'm glad that we didn't get like a lay miz type <laughs> situation here um the entire time i was watching it i i was thinking you know except for towards the end because there like i mentioned there was some shakier moments towards the end when it came to pacing in uh some of the fights but like uh overall i was watching i was like wow what a testament to this sort of story like they really kind of nailed this tonally i thought that it was a beautifully shot film some of the cgi was eh, but uh overall the visuals were, were more or less spectacular it was in general paced really well the characters were likable um you lose a little bit of like that dad charm, but you get so much more in so many different characters. And just that story between Mulan and sort of Gong Li's uh, character, it it was worth the exploration there because I think it really elevated the film. So this is a movie that um, not only should exist, I recommend that people go see it because they uh, they really did take, you know, you can tell in movies when they like someone puts their heart into it. And I think this cast really believed in what they were doing. And I think they they uh, they should all be applauded for this effort. It was a good film. Um, I would argue a great film, not the greatest, but it was a great film. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna come out and say, yeah, I agree with you. This remake should absolutely exist. I was very happy that it was not just a one-to-one translation of the original film. Now, I might be showing my hand here for future episodes, but a lot of those remakes are just that, and I do get bored when it's just that. And, you know, taking subject matter like war and making it a little more mature, a little more gritty. Not to the extent that a war movie can be, because at the end of the day, this is still a Disney family film. So I understand that we're a little held back by that. But I still think they did a great job with it. It is a longer runtime, which is usually uh, a no-no in my book when it comes to these remakes. But I didn't really feel it. I really enjoyed the interpretation. I thought the character portrayals were excellent. I thought the new characters were great. Usually, new characters is a scary. It's a scary intro. It just it's just scary to introduce a new character to these films because, well, I liked what they did back then. But if it's a good character, like our witch was, um, then I'm all about it. Um, you know, you get rid of some things from some when we talk about like the songs and or some of the humor is lost. But you know, it makes sense when we're talking about a war epic you have to lose some of these little more childish elements. And I think that you want a more mature movie too, because the, the children that saw Mulan, you know, in the nineties, now they're adults. So yeah, this will speak to them. Oh wow. Yeah. They really 
upped the, the ante here with this new Mulan. So they'll definitely dig it. I think anybody who's like likes a war film, a good war film, this is this is an excellent depiction of it. I love like ancient Chinese war films. <laughs> like I love the Dynasty Warriors series. Um, I thought the choreography, the fight choreography was excellent. Um, you know, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't hit those high notes every time, but I thought it was still really fun to watch. Um, it had a really good flow overall. Like you said, not a perfect film, but definitely an enjoyable ride and one of the stronger remakes I remember seeing. Yeah, that definitely came out of my mouth a couple of times uh, throughout the film. It was like, this is such a strong remake. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this is how people, like, look at this template. This is what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there a cricket? Lose a freaking cricket, you know? <laughs> Just making some guy named Cricket. And like, okay, we got the reference. But, uh, the one thing, too, that I do want to make sure we note here is that set design and costume design right. are also the stars of this film. Yes. And um, I, I I think we'd be remiss to, in this podcast, without saying that the costume design is absolutely gorgeous. It's it's so, so well done. Yeah. Uh, the sets are really good. The Emperor's throne room it looks incredible. Uh, those just wide shots of, like, China. It's, it's a beautifully yeah. shot film. Um Again, some of the CGI brings it down in some points, but like overall, it's just a really good-looking film with a very strong cast and a very strong story. Mm-hmm. And it got pretty emotional too. There was a lot of moments where I was getting choked up, like some powerful moments in mm-hmm. this movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like held back a little bit. Like, wow, this is, this is pretty intense. I like, I like what's happening. <laughs> yeah, but to your point, it was it was a beautiful movie um just just to look at just gorgeous the the scenery the costume design everything's just gorgeous to look at so yeah yeah, they outdid themselves with this one i didn't see anything go oh that's kind of stupid looking or that's kind of out of place everything looked gorgeous in this film yeah that uh i mean we didn't really talk about much but like mulan's village the way they like were able to capture that sort of it, it's a small village, but it feels big, you know, and, it, and like it does feel like everyone's kind of over top of each other. I'm not really sure how it structurally how it works. <laughs> it's cool. But it's like, like uh, this circle, and then like all the doors are on the inside parts of the circle, and they're all facing out. It, it's pretty uh, interesting design. It's not something I don't think I've yeah. seen before. This is one of those like movies where like I would go get like a hardcover like the art from Mulan. Like I would, I would check that out because it was that visually striking yeah the whole time my wife was just going this is gorgeous and like yeah this is like, these sets yeah. are incredible if only i'd seen it on you know big screen i need a projector now <laughs> <you> know? <laughs> i know i know right. all right awesome, so man. that's what we thought um what did you guys think did you agree did you disagree did we miss anything let us know we love your feedback I guess we got to figure out what we're doing next, right? Yeah, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> so just go down the, la- down the list and just Aladdin, <laughs> Lion King. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's take a look here. So let me just. So we did Ocean's Eleven, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, I forget what we did after. Footloose. Footloose. <laughs> yes, Footloose. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, this. Hmm. That's tough, man. I don't know where we um, we jump off from here. You know what? Because when's this yeah, episode? When's this episode coming out? So, this week we've got Murder on the Orient Express. So on Murder September eighth, excuse me, September 9th, Murder on the Orient Express. September twenty third, Footloose. October seventh, 
Mulan. So you want to do like I know we just did Chucky, but maybe we should do another horror because it's gonna be like late October. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that lines up really well. Let me let me just look at that calendar. So the seventh, yeah, because then the next episode is gonna come out the twenty first, and we won't have anything yeah. before October. It yeah. Um, yeah, we should do something horror related. Don't like horror movies because <laughs> I'm a coward. You know, like why can't we just watch Frank and Weenie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know what, I mean, I mean there's, you can't go wrong Halloween. <laughs> What's up? You can't go wrong Halloween. You want to do Halloween? <laughs> I'll do Halloween. I, I mean, it's just right there. Right? It's, uh, what do we got? John Carpenter and I think Rob Zombie did the yeah. remake. Okay, so, all right. We'll do Halloween <laughs> for, uh, our Halloween episode. There we yeah. go. Excellent. The kids are all grown up. It's our first Halloween episode. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. All right, so next episode, Halloween. Okay, well, uh, thanks for listening to Retro vs. Remake. If you're listening on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate any reviews or five-star ratings. It would greatly help us out. If you're on YouTube, of course, leave us comments. We love reading those comments. Um, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Retro vs. Remake. I'm Reggie Parker at RP Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hopefully, you've been enjoying some of the clips that we've been uh, throwing up on the Retro vs. Remake page. More to come. And uh, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. Remake. Cool. Actually, I just want to say one little thing. I'm, we're going to put this mm-hmm. in the beginning. So, this episode, since we are doing Mulan and it's kind of out and it's you know it's still kind of fresh even though we're releasing this a few weeks later this is going to be very spoiler heavy so if you have not seen the remake do not listen to this putting it out there right now i'm just saying it once and here we go okay just wanted to do that just to cover every ground because otherwise well i didn't i didn't know man i know i know even like uh when i get to it uh i'm gonna do another round of uh that dump as you saw i did a lot of them in one day but like i'm gonna do another Instagram dump um, soon, and I want to get us caught up to this by the time this comes out, and I'm gonna have to like work around spoiler territory. So I'll probably keep things like the, the the thing we just said about the set design being gorgeous. I think stuff like that versus like what happens in the film.